and welcome to the Death Priestess Society podcast. On this podcast, we don't actually talk about death. Well, not the literal or physical death, not that definition of the word. Instead, we're talking about metaphysical and spiritual death. The Death Priestess Society podcast is dedicated to discussions of women's personal power, sacred mysteries, and forbidden and secret wisdom and knowledge. The Death Priestess Society podcast challenges the myths society has told us about women, witches, and the concept of death. When I say death, what I really mean is an opportunity for transformation, to transform our pain into power, to create a path for healing, and to remember the priestess within. My name is Freya Serafina, and I hope you will join me on this journey. Hello and welcome to the Death Priestess Society podcast. My name is Freya Serafina, and I am so excited to get started with this podcast. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for being here. I'm really pouring my heart and soul into this project, I'll call it. I want to call it a project because one of the things that I'm going to talk about throughout the course of this podcast is the ability to let things die. Literally, the ability to let things die, the ability to let things go. Either they're, they've they finished, they have served their purpose, or maybe they are no longer serving any purpose, or maybe they never did, but you just thought that this is what you had to do. And I think sometimes that as a society, we hold on to so tightly things that either we've put a lot of work and effort into, time, work, effort, sweat, blood, tears. And so we think, I can't just let this go. Look at how much work I put into it. I can't just let this go. So we don't. So we suffer. And I also think as a society that we are told that we have to go down a certain path. This is what we're good at. This is what we do. This is what our parents want us to do. This is what our friends are doing. This is what our partner wants from us, blah, blah, blah. And we never, sometimes ever, figure out what it is that I want to do. What makes Freya happy? What fills Freya up with joy? Drinking this raspberry leaf tea because I woke up with my period today. That's what's bringing me joy <laughs> and pain all at once. But we never really truly discover, many of us, our life's purpose and calling because we block ourselves from doing so. Because in order to discover our true calling, we have to have a lot of projects. We have to have a lot of projects and a lot of those projects have to fail. They have to fail spectacularly. They have to fail like fireworks going off in your face sometimes. And that's the scary thing that we would like to avoid. We don't wanna feel the pain. We don't wanna go through the misery. 
we don't ever want to admit that we were wrong or we've made a mistake. And sometimes the things that we have to let go of in life are not even about making mistakes, but I think we oftentimes associate it with making a mistake, which then it's somehow our fault. We have failed in some way. We made the wrong choice. We said the wrong thing. We moved to the wrong place. We took the wrong job. We got the wrong degree. We entered the wrong relationship, blah, 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 blah. All of those things, right? And coming to that realization is really, really painful. But I'm here to tell you that it's not your fault. And none of those things were mistakes either. And I'm actually not a subscriber of everything happens for a reason. Um, unless we can all agree that sometimes the reasons are that we're dumb and we make choices. And also sometimes things happen to us that we can't control. Um, I think that there can be lessons learned even in situations where um, it wasn't our fault or things happened to us. But I don't think that every single thing in life is a lesson, but I think there are really big lessons and really big patterns. And I think because of fear, because of fear of this idea of death, we don't want to recognize the patterns. We don't want to step outside of this rhythm that we have forced ourselves into because the, what is it? The enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't, something like that, right? Or the friend you don't, I don't know, but you know what I mean. It's easier sometimes to sit with the pain of things that we know already. Well, I know how to handle this. I know how to deal with this. I know how to deal with this bad relationship. You know, I've been doing it for so long. I know that when this person walks in and they're walking a certain way or they're breathing differently, I know what to do with that. Shouldn't have to live like that. And that applies to many, many other things in our life, right? That applies to jobs that are sucking our souls out of our bodies that applies to the same old apartment you've been living in for the last three years because of the fucking housing crisis. And you're too afraid to downsize or move in with someone else or whatever it might be. That also applies to, um, not just intimate partner relationships, but friendships. That's the hard one. The hard one a lot of the time is friendships, family relationships, your goals and dreams, and most importantly, your relationship with yourself. What is your relationship with yourself like? Is it good? Does it leave you wanting something? If it's left you wanting something, you've come to the right place. You have come to the priestess of death, who is going to help you transform all of these wants, all these desires, all this pain into power. Now, this is just a podcast, right? I will not pretend that I'm going to reach through the microphone or if you're watching this on YouTube or somewhere else uh, through the screen. I'm not going to pretend like everything I say to you is going to have some massive transformational effect and you are going to be changed tomorrow. No, that this is a space where we get to work through 
all of the programming and all of these societal structures that withhold women's power, withhold women's mysteries, and withhold women's wisdom and women's intimate and inherent ways of knowing. This is a podcast where we will look at archetypes, we will look at myth, we will look at mystery, we will look at social and religious structures that keep women down. We will explore the goddesses of death and why they have been, and many of their stories have been rewritten through a patriarchal lens. We're going to review everything. At the end of the day, it's all about reclaiming your personal power as a woman, your autonomy, your sovereignty, your sacred self. Now, besides this podcast, where we will talk about all of those things and more, and I will interview and speak with a bunch of really amazing people, I also will be offering workshops, women's circles, full moon circles, programs, and trainings that will help you reclaim who you are, who you are meant to be. But you got to take a chance and you have to let some things die. And dying can be really scary. And again, I don't mean a physical death, right? I don't mean a physical death. Although sometimes when we experience the physical death of others, we go through profound periods of transformation. And I want to say on that note that if you have come to this space or you've come to this podcast because you've experienced immense physical, emotional, mental, spiritual loss in your life, this is still the place for you. Because this podcast, these talks, my trainings, my workshops are all geared towards healing. What I had to let die in my own life were patriarchal structures. I had to let go of the path I thought my career was supposed to take. I've had to let go of a ton of relationships. But more importantly, I had to sit down and analyze why I was holding myself back from living the life that I wanted to live. You know, we all experience burnout, unfortunately. That is the society in which we live currently. We are overworked and overtaxed and over everything else. And we experience burnout on a daily basis. But when your burnout is coming from your passion, we need to analyze if that's really what your passion is. I'm not saying that if you're pursuing your passion, you won't be tired, you won't need rest, you won't need cocooning time and space, because you will. But if you are dragging your feet to do something that is supposedly your passion, I would like you to reevaluate if that is the case. Now, I've done a bunch of rambling, because this is the first episode, and... I'm really uh, casting some lines, throwing out some nets, putting my feelers out. I'm calling out to the people who need to find this space. 
I'm calling out to you. And I'm calling out to my future self, who is very, very proud of me right now for taking these steps on my own path, on my own journey of healing, my own journey of death and rebirth, rebirthing with healing. That's what we are here to do. So I will start with a bit of my own story of the things that I have let die. Most recently, I was sitting around and, and mind you, this, this spiritual death that I am in the thick of experiencing has been going on for years, years and years and years. I've been on a path in my career, in my relationships, in my, in my life, in what I thought was my calling, um, in my spiritual practice, in my goddess worship, in my physical health. I've been on, um, you can think of it like 30 different streams running into an ocean. All of these streams, I kept very neatly in all of these different compartments. They don't touch each other. They're not friends. They're not related. They don't know anything about one another. And if one started to fail, well, I would just, you know, bolster up the other one and everything would be fine. That's what I told myself. That's not true. Nothing was fine. And it took real physical pain for me to stop and breathe and, you know, come up from the water and look around and see what the fuck was really going on. But it takes years sometimes. And I'm here to attempt to accelerate that for everybody else. I have always been an actor. I've always been an actor. I've wanted to be an actor since I was little. Well, that's what I used to think anyway. I went to college for acting. I got two separate master's degrees, one in theater and one in film. Of course I want to do performing arts. Of course I want to be creative. I want to be in the entertainment industry. Of course I do. At the same time, I was in a series of abusive romantic relationships. I've experienced bullying in friend groups. Um, I was losing friendships and building new friendships. I was changing cities and I had a horrendous, now that I'm really starting to unpack everything, a horrendous um, family dynamic. And I had a terrible relationship with my body, with myself. But all of those things were compartmentalized. And even though I was being abused physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, and financially, but I could get up and I could finish a master's degree and I could go book a job and I could go travel here and I could work five jobs at once and make ends meet because my partner refused to work. 
and I could do this and I could do that. And I get into a huge blow argument with my mother about what I looked like. And I could still get up and go to the audition and book it. So I was fine. I was fine and thriving. It's fine. It's great. This is just what life is like. It's hard. <sighs> it's not supposed to be that hard. It's never supposed to be that hard. And when it came to the physical health of my body, that was always the very last thing. I was always the last thing that I would take care of. Oh, well, when I get this kind of job and I get really rich, then I'll worry about my health. Then I'll worry about my body. Oh, when I, you know, move out of here and I buy a house, <laughs> LOL. When I move out of here and I buy a house and I finish school and I, I, you know, get into a better relationship, then I'll worry about me. Then I'll worry about my health and I'll worry about my body. I'll take care of that later. I've got so much time. Well, I didn't have any time. And now I have a chronic illness. I have chronic pain. I have finally figured out at least you know, what's going on in my body. I'm having some spine issues. I now have to go to physical therapy. I have to take medication. But, you know, over these last three years, there were a handful of times when I woke up in the morning and I could not walk. I could not stand up straight. I could not do anything. I couldn't twist my body. I couldn't turn. Like, uh, hell, I was a yoga teacher. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. I was a dancer. I could move. I could, all of these things. And I did not stop to rest because I was in constant fight or flight mode. But I have to do this, but I have to do that, but I have to do this. There was no one that can take care of me. And I wasn't taking care of me either. Then my back would get better. And I'd go, see, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I would push and push and push and push. Then I entered a PhD program because I hate myself, apparently. <laughs> And I said, this will be great. It's all online. And this time I thought everything was different. You know why? Because I was still placing my happiness in someone else. And now I'm in a really loving and healthy relationship. And don't worry, we're going to have episodes on how to heal from those really bad, awful relationships. We're going to all, don't you worry, but this is, this is a brief overview. <laughs> I am now in a new home, um, rent a new apartment. Um, I'm in a, a happy and healthy relationship that I, the person I'm with, I love very dearly and loves me and is responsible in the home and in life. I've gotten a new job. So now I have two jobs right now. I have one, but this is at that moment, two jobs. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to work on a PhD. Great. What was I thinking? But for the first time, all of the sudden, things start to shift within me. Things start to shift around me. Now, I'm getting a PhD in women's spirituality, which really you know, it's kind of how I've ended up here with you all recording this episode. 
prior to this podcast, I was the host of a podcast called the Body Positive Goddess Podcast, which will be the nearest and dearest thing to my heart. But it was as if I was living a lie because I was preaching self-love and, and, and body neutrality, and I didn't feel any of that for myself, thanks to my family dynamic and societal programming. But I am a firm believer that if you receive the right kind of programming and love at home, you'll be a stronger warrior in the streets. But I digress. We'll have episodes on that, too. And then I had a podcast called The Seventh Daughter, where I started to explore all of the hidden goddess and female divinity and, and divine feminine beings and stories and myths and, and powerful women throughout history and why their stories were erased, hidden, shifted, changed, rewritten through a patriarchal lens. And I was like, oh, this, this right here, this is my jam. Because I was still afraid. I was still afraid of what I really wanted. But I'm doing all of those things. And I'm like, see, I'm doing so well. I've got a new job. I got the PhD. I got the boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And then I broke. I completely broke. Um, I told the truth about childhood sexual trauma. I told the truth. And I was disbelieved and made to feel as if, well, that's not that big of a deal. Look what happened to me. From the people who are supposed to protect you the most. And I fucking lost it. And I went completely no contact with my immediate family members. And it is the best thing that I have ever done. It's a scary scary thing and you don't even realize how much of an impact a negative impact people are having in your life until they're no longer there and you're still afraid so i broke and that happened i couldn't walk it's as if i felt it in my body my spine went again I had to quit one of my jobs. I got a promotion at work, the other job, which meant that I was doing more than I should have. My dog passed away. It was horrible, 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 horrible. But I still made it through. So I'm still telling myself, Everything is fine. Look at you. You're a champion. You're a warrior. You got a 4.0 and a PhD and you've got a, a new promotion at work and, and your boyfriend is holding it down and you've got this newfound freedom from your family, right? All of these things. But I still couldn't walk. Not properly. First it was my feet. Then it's my legs. Then it's my spine. Then it's this. Then it's that. And no doctor takes you seriously. You know, if you're a little bit heavy, and if you're a woman, <laughs> good luck. And it's, it's within this last year 
where everything, everything unraveled, everything fell apart, and everything died. And it is only through that death, death of who I thought I would be, death of what I thought my career was supposed to be, death to what I thought family looked like, death to what I thought relationships looked like, death to what I thought financial stability was, death to every little thing that I planned about my life in my head, gone, just gone. And I'm holding on, I'm holding on like this to the point that I am digging the rope into my hand and I'm bleeding and there are shards of glass and I'm in a fucking car wreck, but I won't run away because no, this is, I look how much time and money and energy I've invested. Oh my God, my student loans are up my fucking asshole. I'm never going to be able to pay them. I can't just walk away from this. I can't just walk away from everything. Yes, you can. And I do not say that from a place of privilege. I do not say that from a place of financial privilege or stability at all. We were almost evicted. I do not, do not say that from a place of just quit your job and do whatever you want. La la la. No, no. But I do come to you with a desperate plea. In all of the streams of things that you have going on, make sure the most well-tended of them is you. That is what I am asking you for in this first episode. To just make sure that in all of the things that you have going on in your life, that you do not come last. I know that's a difficult thing to say to mothers who have children, maybe mothers who don't have another adult who could support them on that journey, to people who are working multiple jobs, to people who do not have home housing security or food security, people who Maybe you've gone a few days this week without being able to bathe properly or eat properly. Maybe there are people who are constantly, constantly, like I was, hounded by the bill pay date, by the due dates, by whatever else, by, by having to pretend at work or out in public that everything is fine when it's not fine. That is where I come to you from. From that space. You have to trust. And that is the hardest thing that someone can do. Trust in, in the process of death. The, the, if I didn't know me, <laughs> I would say I sounded insane. Trust in the dying process so that something can be reborn. But we don't do this idly. And this brings me to the second part of what we're going to be doing here. Our goal is not to just lay waste to everything we see in front of us. Our goal is to not just watch everything burn and then do nothing about it. Our goal is to sit with ourselves and acknowledge 
study, decipher, discern, learn what needs to go and to set that shit on fire. And after you've done so, that is when you plant your seeds. That is when you make the earth and the soil ready. That is when you add the nutrients. Use it. <laughs> Does anyone know? And please, someone write to me about this. Does anyone know the story of stone soup? I don't know if this is like jogging anyone's memory right now. But actually, my boyfriend did not know what stone soup was. And so I looked it up on YouTube for him. And there's some man that does all the voices. And it's really funny. So whenever my boyfriend's having a bad day, I yell it at him. But stone soup. So there's like a little witch in the woods or something. And these kids come. Um, or she stumbles upon these kids. And they... Um, have all of these like garden vegetables or whatever. And she doesn't have any, and she's so hungry and they're like, Oh, we can't give you anything. I'm like butchering this story, but she basically is like, Oh, I don't need any of that. I just need water and, and a stone. The kids are like stone soup. You can't make soup from a stone. And so she makes, she puts a stone and she makes soup. And then she basically tricks them. And she goes, Hmm, this would taste so much better with onion, with carrot, with potato, whatever it is. They keep coming and coming back. At the end, there's real soup. And the kids are like, wow, soup from a stone. But that story st sticks with me because of the metaphor, right? We will put, we will get out what we put into something. And sometimes all we're starting with is a stone, a stone soup. <laughs> it's a terrible metaphor, but I'm being serious here. When we clear away the bullshit, or we at least decide that's the bullshit I want to burn to the ground, we have to be ready with the seeds for something else. And I don't mean immediately, right? I don't mean immediately. I mean, okay, let me sit with this pain again. One of the most difficult things that someone can do. Let me sit with this pain, process this pain, but also <laughs> where can I acknowledge my role in creating this pain for myself? This is not easy work. This is not easy work. As someone who has experienced intimate partner violence on more than one occasion, having to sit and dissect and go, where did I make the mistakes here? Where, where did I behave poorly? Where did I participate in toxic behavior? Feels dirty. It feels fucking dirty. And yet it has to be done, but you don't have to do it alone. That's what I'm here for. I did mine alone. I did a lot of this all by myself. And you think sometimes, oh, well, your friends are supposed to be there for you. Your friends are supposed to help you. Yeah. And I've got some strong feelings about that, but also everyone's got shit going on. Everyone does. And not everyone is equipped with the tools to help transmute pain in the way that we need them to. 
and to begin that process of healing. Sometimes that's on us. So here we are. And then, when you are ready, you begin to tend the soil for the things that you actually do want to grow. And that's the best part. When the earth is cleared, where you can see the fucking horizon and the sun is rising, and you're planting your seeds, and you're tending to your garden, something better than that. And then you still have to do the hard work of watching it grow, of making sure it grows. And we're going to be looking at how to do that. So it's not just going to be, oh, let's talk about all these horrible, terrible things that people experience and go through on a daily basis. It's not just going to be a trauma dump, though there will be some significant trauma dumping. But there's power weaved in. There's reclamation of power weaved in. There is the exploration of dark, death, mother goddesses, divine feminine beings, goddesses and deities that are angry, that are filled with rage, that are hungry, that have the ability to destroy mountains, move the masses, enact change. And it is from them where we will draw our power and inspiration to keep going, to forge our own new paths forward in the process of healing. That's why we're here. Because we, we truly can't go out and change the world in the ways that we want to if we cannot tend to ourselves. So we will step onto the path of death so that we can be reborn. And I am here as your guide, as your personal priestess of death. This is where we begin. This is where we start. And I thank you for being on this journey with me. See you next time.